So here we go, Nesiv HaAvoda. So we start off with a Pasuk in Mishle, as always, because the Nesivas are so nuanced, so fine and tricky to follow and understand. We need a, a muscle, we need something to grab onto it to help us understand it. Says the Shlomo Melech, Chacham Mikol Odom. Zevach Rishoyim Toeva, a slaughtering of Rishoyim, of evil ones, is loathsome. Vitfilas Yisharim Ritsono, and the prayer of the straight ones uh, is. Prayer of the straight ones is his will. So now, the, the way to, that Shlomo Melech teaches us the wisdom over here is by drawing fine distinctions between the two and helping us understand um, what's going on. So. Obvious question, Zevach Rishoyim Toeva, is, uh, it's loathsome. The, what is loathsome? The, uh, they took, uh, a Russia took a fat cow, he went, paid $5,000 for it. He has, he slaughters it. What's disgusting about that? What's loathsome about that? Why should that be loathsome? His kavana is to express gratitude to Hashem. He just had a, a son born. He's very, very excited. And he would like to offer a sacrifice. Even if you want to say that maybe it means that Rushayim, even though they bring sacrifices, nonetheless, they're loathsome to Hashem. He's loathsome. He's a bad person. Okay, that you can say. But, but, what, but, what, but what did the cow do wrong? The cow is a good cow. But Shalom Alech is saying that the, the carbon itself, the sacrifice itself, the zevach, the, the meat, the slaughtering is loathsome. So, very basic, and, and, and the first parak, the morale is mostly going to spend dealing with the big questions in carbonus, sacrifices, and tefillah, prayer. Okay? So, one of the biggest questions in it is every philosopher, every uh, enlightened person, and everyone who likes to mimic philosophers uh, asks well what is what does God need with some barbecue if you're telling me that God is perfect that God is uh, infinite etc etc non-physical incorporeal so what benefit does he derive from a barbecue You know, 
So, um, so the uh, <clears throat> obviously an idol is a different story. An idol, idol worship, seems to make more sense. An idol has certain abilities, but has many lacks. There's, there's many idols, so they each have certain things and not other things, and they they might need help themselves from the, from man. So man gives him something, gives to Jupiter, gives to Zeus, whatever it is, gives him a nice barbecue, and then Zeus is uh, very happy, right? That, that makes sense, but what, what does Hashem want from it? So the answer is that you're right. Hashem has no need of a barbecue. And in fact, to propose that Hashem has a need of a barbecue is 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 loathsome, is disgusting. I mean, to, to imagine that Hashem needs this meat is a, is a fundamental mistake. So. That's, that's uh, point number one over there. Hashem doesn't derive any benefit. So then what is it? How, so how can we figure out what Hashem does want? Why is there a commandment to bring carbonos? Why is there a commandment to bring sacrifices in the Torah? So that's going to be from the second half of the Pasuk. second half of the Pasuk here says, Utfilas Rishoyim Ritzono. Notice. Utfilas Yesharim Ritzono is Hashem. This is what Hashem wants. He wants the prayer of a Yashar, even though prayer, Hashem is not going to get anything concrete, anything, any uh, benefit from prayer. In fact, if anything, is the opposite. Prayer is where the person asks Hashem for things. So we're saying, Karbonas of Rishoyim, Hashem finds loads. What he really wants is the tefillahs of Tzadikim. Yeah, because really, what is it? What is a tefillah show? Who do I turn for? Who do I turn to with prayer? Well, again, who do you who do you request things from? Kings or why kings specifically? I mean. Exactly. The ones, they, they have the stuff. In other words, what Hashem wants is not to take. He doesn't want to take. He's not interested in taking. He doesn't need anything. What he's interested in is giving. Okay? And why? Because in the giving, there's a recognition. There's a recognition that he is the king, the king of kings, that he is the one that is perfect and whole and that reveals the honor of Hashem in the world. And that's, that's what Hashem wants. Why does Hashem want that? Learn the first, learn the first uh, parak of Derech Hashem, the second parak of Derech Hashem, first chalik, second parak of Derech Hashem. Ultimately, it's lehetiv, it's to do good to us. That's what Hashem wants. But the way that that's going to be accomplished is through revealing his honor in the world. And that happens when 
tzaddikim turn to Hashem with tefillahs. Now, now, what about what about carbonos? How do carbonos accomplish the same thing? What what does what does a carbon do? So a number of things. Carbon is I have my money. I have money. I, I have resources. I take my resources and I hand it over to Hashem in a declaration of everything is yours. Yeah, that's that's the recognition that everything is His. In the declaration of now, why is everything that my, is mine is really Hashem's? Answer is Mashikano Ebed Koshikano Ebed Konorabo. Everything that the, the servant or the slave acquires, anything that comes into his possession, belongs to his master. He finds a diamond on the street, it belongs to his master. So by acknowledging, recognizing that our physical possessions, our physical property, really belongs to Hashem, we acknowledge that everything belongs to Hashem. First of all, as far as physical objects. Second of all, we acknowledge that we ourselves belong to Hashem. And that's why our physical objects belong to Him. And finally, is the recognition that really <clears throat> there's nothing but Hashem. When, you, when this animal is burnt, this animal is burnt up, there's a recognition that all existence is negated Uh, in the presence of Hashem, compared to Hashem. That 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 uh, nothing really. It's not like um, it's given and then it's like. I don't know, covered in gold and kept in the temple indefinitely, right? It's, it's burnt up it, 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 of a statement of a old Milvado. There really nothing exists. Compared to Hashem, nothing really exists. So it's, it's bottle, it's bottle movable. It's, it's negated entirely. Disconnected the two-stage... Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, notice... And, and now, for now, we'll suffice it to say that, of course, a sacrifice of an evil person does not do any of this, right? An evil person is not declaring, I am your servant. Everything I have belongs to you. For the very simple reason that if he thought that way, that he wouldn't be evil. He wouldn't be doing evil things. The reason why he does evil things is because he's got, he's in charge of his own life. Yeah. So rather what? So what's the sacrifice that he brought over here? It's a bribe. And we'll talk about that more, right? But really when a Russia brings a carbon. Russia, is a, he's his own man. He's on his own, he's his own boss. He's got his own money, right? Rather what? He's willing to give a fat bribe as we're gonna see in the Midrash coming up. Okay, so that's why it's loathsome, because on the contrary, if you, 
trying to bribe me? And you, you, you come to the king of kings, to the master of the whole world, and you try to bribe him with his own possessions? That's, that's loathsome. Um, it's, it, although seemingly it pulls at your heartstrings, but you have to realize something. Crying out, we're going to talk about, and the kind of, I'll flip the question on you. What about a tzaddik that asks for something, genuine, real, need? Maybe it's not really an avod at all. Maybe he's just doing it because he, he needs to get something. How can you call it a service to Hashem? How can you like call it like a service uh, uh, that, a, that a slave does to his master, to his king, when really you're out to get something for yourself? But that we'll try to address. But with the Russia, he's calling out, he's calling, it's no different than calling out to Zeus. Or you know, or Pluto, or whoever, you know, uh, whichever, whichever other, he's calling out to whoever he thinks can help him. But he, as long as, in his mind, now he's done tshuva, it's a different story, we're not talking about someone who did tshuva. A person could do tshuva on the spot, he can become a tzaddik. We're talking about someone who's still a Russian. Someone who's a Russia. in other words, in his mind, there's shnei rushuyus. There's two domains. There's Hashem and there's not Hashem. There's there's a possibility to operate not Hashem. So then he just asking Hashem for a hand me down. Give me something. Not give not help me give me because you are the master of everything and that anything that there is to ask is asked from you. But rather I'm looking to get something, I'm turning to you. If I don't get it from you, I'll try to figure it out myself. I'll, tr- I'll turn to someone else. Well, I mean, very, very good. Ad- it's a good address. It's pretty big. This rush is a hypocrite. Hypocrite? Why? Because he's turning to Hashem and he's recognizing that Hashem is the source of everything. Yeah, as, as you know, sadly, the, the famous, famous story. No, no. But famous story of uh, Eliyahu and Har Carmel, where he reproaches the Jewish people, he says, how long will you continue to serve both the idols and Hashem? I mean, idol worshippers have no problem whatsoever serving Hashem. This is an important point to understand. Yeah, and, 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 and idol worshippers and Rishoyim are synonymous, because a Russia, his first, his first and most important idol is himself. Meaning, first and foremost, I'm in charge of my life. Okay? And an idol worshiper is the same concept. Idol worshippers, it's not about worshiping them. It's not like, wow, they're so wonderful, I want to worship them. It's first and foremost, I want to do certain things, I want to accomplish certain things, I want to have certain things, I want a certain lifestyle. And now let me figure out which one of these pantheon gods can help me accomplish that in the most effective way. People think that the Masechah Savodah Zorah is not relevant nowadays. It's just as relevant today as it was back then, 100% as relevant. And every one of the idols mentioned in the Masechah Savodah Zorah exists today because they're all speaking to different kochas Adam, to different desires that people want and different fears that people have, etc. But that's for a different time. 
but the point is that an idol worshiper has no problem turning to the biggest god of all. But in his mind, that's all it is. It's just the biggest god of all. It's not the one and only god that there is nothing but him. Because if he truly believed that, he, he, he's already done tshuva. Right, here's my crystal ball. I'm gonna rub it. Give me this. No, oh, here. No, not a crystal ball. Forget it. It's too slow. I'm gonna use a. Uh, what's the thing called? You put a quarters in. You, yeah. Uh, I, I want to get something good. Come on, yo, give me. Come on, Hashem, give me those snake eyes, like in the in the casino, right? Like, whatever it is. That's sure. That's that's all. It has nothing to do with tefillah. It has nothing to do with avoda. And that will be even more loathsome than the, than the animal sacrifices th- that they bring. I asked Hashem to heal me from a sickness. Oh, you? Noah Hatzalik? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. As opposed to someone else who is not Noah Hatzalik, but is a Noah Russian. Right. Exactly the same thing. It's not, it, there's no similarity between those two. You might say similar words, but there's no similarity. You are doing it as recognizing and revealing that recognition of Hashem being the one and only God. And that is a divine service. There can be no backup plan. How can there be a backup plan? There's no backup. <laughs> Hashem is the only one. You might, your backup plan might be to turn to Hashem again. And if that doesn't work, you know what you do? Right. So, uh, the same, uh, just kind of uh, looking the same, but on the inverse kind. Why does Hashem need our tefillah to give us anything? Like, why? What, what, what? He doesn't. Again, the tefillah is not about giving us stuff. The tefillah is called a voda because it recognizes. You're gonna see. You're gonna see. The tefillah is called an avoda, divine service. Because we're, so to speak, giving something to Hashem. We're, but we're giving to Hashem the only one thing that we can possibly give to Him. You know what that is? Recognition. Recognition. Honor. Right. So then why are, like, uh, I'm thinking of Shemunayas, like, Mimosa, most of it, like, we're asking for something. For sure. But by us asking for those things, Like, but why, why, why do we need to ask? Well, like, we, we need to recognize Hashem. Right, by asking, that's, really that's do. what it does, right. Asking acknowledges that it's in His hands. Think about that. And my point was, like Paro, for example, also believed there was, there may have been Hashem, but there was also other yeah, yeah. Avodazaras. Absolutely. It's yeah. another example. Sure. Exactly. Uh, okay. <clears throat> says the says the Gemara Menachos. Ore Maxiv Farshis Carbonus Shalonemar Behem Lokel. Velo Lakim El Hashem. 
all the sacrifices, whenever the Torah refers to sacrifices, there's never a mention of other divine names. There's many divine names, seven uh, names that are you can't erase, other names that are also uh, ways to refer to Hashem. Right? But when it comes to Karbonus, there's only one and only one name that is ever mentioned. And that is the name Yud K Vav K, the name Hashem. Yeah? Why is that? Be- so as to make it. The Gemara seems to say so that there shouldn't be any confusion. Maybe there's two gods. Mm-hmm. Or bring sacrifice to listen to that one. But the Maral points out there's a deeper way to understand this Gemara. That really what it's saying is the purpose of all carbonos, of all the sacrifices. Ultimately, the, some, some carbonos are shlomim, some are olos, some are chatas, some are ashams, yeah, some are chagigas. But ultimately, they're all coming to do the same thing, which is to reveal the oneness of Hashem in the world. And therefore, it has to always say the one same name, the shame HaMiyuchad, the Shema Etzam, the, the one name that unifies everything. That's the recognition of... Yeah, but it's not, not the point. Okay. Um, okay, now, we, we've alluded to this a little bit, but take a look at the Pasuk. Pasuk says, As karbanilach mili ishai reach nechochi. Hashem describes the carbonus, karbani, as my bread. My sacrifice, my bread. Now, what is the concept of bread? If someone refers to something abstractly as his bread, sustenance. Now, sustenance means completion. In other words, when you're hungry, you're lacking. You got like a hole in your stomach. Right? Once you eat, you're called what? Full or satiated. Soveya, right? Soveya, the morale all the time says, Soveya is from a language of Sheva. Soveya, Sheva, same language, seven, full, the full spectrum, right? In this world, seven is full. Seven is, is, is the. Is, so, bread, that's why also um, bread is a term for one's wife. Right? Where do we see one's wife referred to as bread? Exactly. Right? Yosef says to her, How can I do this? How can I take you? My master has not withheld from me anything but his bread. Right? So that's uh, Rashi right there says. That means his wife. But why? Why should the person's wife be called his bread? Obvious reason. As long as you don't have a wife, you're lacking. You got, you got, a, you got a hole in your stomach. Right? So, so it's, uh, it fills a person up. So, <clears throat> so Hashem calls Karbonus his bread. Means his, his uh, so to speak, his completion. Right? So what does that mean, his completion? So to speak, as if there is a lack of Hashem's manifestation in the world, there's, there's, to the extent that there's a lack of recognition, from us, from mankind, of Hashem's perfection, on that level, as if Hashem is not complete. But with the carbonus, 
he is that manifestation is brought to completion. Okay. Now, why does this have to be uniquely and exclusively by the Jewish people? This, this, uh, this avoda, this service has to be uniquely by the Jewish people. The carbonos. Carbonos can send uh, the, the the non-Jews can send carbonos through the Jewish people. I mean, in other words, they can bring it to us to the temple for the Jewish people uh, to channel it and elevate it to Hashem. But they're they're only contributing the the funds. We're going to see. We're going to see Hashem's attitude to to, the, to those. Yeah. It's a different story about if it's a, if it's a lava. It's a different story. But uh, we see the, the attitude is never going to be. This is this is Hashem's bread. This carboni lachmi rech yichoch Hashem. That's going to be the opposite. So. <coughs> um, but the concept is like this. And again, like I said, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna develop this idea more. We're gonna bring a big midrash tanhuma little in a bit, but uh, he just alludes to it already here that who is the one that can recognize oneness in the world? Only someone who is himself one. Only oneness can recognize oneness. To the extent that there's multiplicity, there's plurality, then to the extent. You living in a world of, of of division, of multiplicity. Not for now, but this is why explains the morale that stam yenam, the wine of non-Jews, even though they nobody ever saw them walk into a house of idol worship and they don't do that or whatever. Nonetheless, it still has a level, not a derisa level, but a rabbinical level. In other words, the rabbis look deeply into the matter. They identified that there is an aspect of Yai Nesach, of wine that was poured as a libation for idol worship. For this concept, because there's 70 nations, so it's necessary, 70 is a number of multiplicity. Seven is like the seven days of the week, like the six directions of the world, four, four, four directions, up and down six. The middle point itself is seven, that's the multiplicity as much as there is. And times 10 is uh, just scaled into a different, a whole new scale. That's the 70 nations of the world. So, th- so therefore, they cannot recognize the ones of Hashem. We spoke about this as well. If you remember by why Davka, when we say, when we want to declare, or Boruch mentioned the Shema, the prayer, <coughs> the declaration of the oneness of Hashem. And this is a really strange thing. It's a six word declaration. So Rashi explains, very important, not for now, why we need Hashem Alokeinu and Hashem Achad. Fine, so four words. But why do you need the first two words? Shema Yisrael. Just go ahead and say it already. I mean, it's a, this is your credo. You need, you know, by the, by the, by the Muslims, they have two words, right? Al-Akbar, that's it. It's very concise, right? Jews, okay, we're very talkative. So we need four <laughs> words. Okay, I understand. But six words? You need six words. Yeah. 
So the answer is. Sorry, the rush is rather than a six or rather than a two that has to proceed the four. Yeah, the, those first two seem to be throwaway words. Shema Israel. But I'm saying it. I am. I am the one saying it right now. I'm probably listening if I'm saying it. Oh, oh, oh! So no one already knows the answer. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. Yes. You might even remember it. You might even remember it. We said that the concept is we learned it from the sons of Yaakov Inu, that they said to him, Shema Yisrael Saba. The same way that Hashem is one in your heart, He's one in our hearts. In other words, they had to unite themselves to, as the sons of Yaakov in order to be able to recognize the oneness of Hashem in the world. We've spoken about this many times here, not going to go into it now, but the point is. To recognize oneness, you yourself must be one. So we say Shema Yisrael, we mean to include ourselves as a member of the entire whole and one Jewish people. Like we're saying now, every day we're saying, Acheinu Kol Beis Yisrael. Right? Our brothers, all of the house of Israel, we're all one. So to the extent that we're one, we can recognize the oneness of Hashem. Right, like like the like the pasuk like the pasuk says, Mika Yisrael goy echad Who is like the Jewish people, the one nation in the in, in the world? That's that's the Aleph. So we have the Ayin, the seventy nations of the world, is the, the letter Ayin, numerical value seventy, and the letter Aleph has a numerical value one. Aleph and Ayin, they look similar, but they have nothing to do with one another. You'll never find the two of them in one word in a root. A root of a word will never have the alpha and the ayin together. Sometimes you can have an alpha as a prefix for a word with an ayin in it, but never together as a root. They, it's like oil and water. Never mix. Okay, so now for a awesome midrash, midrash Tanhuma. You have it over there. I'm going to say it outside in English uh, to save us the time because we are pressed for time. Um, <clears throat> Midrash says, this, uh, look at Bilam Arosha. Bilam was the, um, the, the leader of the, of the nations. No, Snegor. Snegor means uh, the, the defending. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was the, you know, so to speak, the representing the other side in the, in the in, in the in the discussion, um, and so Bilam comes to Hashem and he says, "This is a pasuk from Navi." Hashem If Hashem will want. Thousands of thousands of animal sacrifices and rivers of oil. So the Midrash explains what does that mean? It means Bilam came and said, Oh, what is it that these Jews, what do they do for you already? They, they, they bring for you a, a ram? Avram brought a ram? Okay, he brought a ram. If you want, we'll bring you thousands and thousands of, of, of rams. What do the Jews do for you already? They bring you a little lug, a little bottle this big of oil for the sacrifice, for the, for the uh, oil 
part of the sacrifices, will bring for you rivers of oil, if you, if you ask of it. In other words, you think to yourself, you have over a billion Muslims praying to Hashem. And then you have, what, a couple million of us. It's like, it's like a drop in the bucket. Yeah, so the equivalent. They're saying, what, what do these Jews do for you already? This little thing. We'll do a million more. We'll, we'll double it a thousand times. Right? So, the, um, not only that, Avram was willing to give you his son. He says, well, I'll give you my son and my daughter. And Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, all three of them together, built seven altars. I'll build seven altars right here. On, on, uh, on every mountain that he went to, built, built seven altars. Those seven altars, Hamizbachos, as the Midri, the seven, the same corresponding to seven altars that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov built. We'll, we'll come back, we'll discuss this whole Midrash, which is first just to say the Midrash, to which Hashem responded to him and said, Russia, what do you think you're doing? If I wanted sacrifices, I would just ask my angels, Mikhail and Gavriel, to bring me sacrifices, they would bring me whatever I want. Rather, I don't want sacrifices from anyone except from the Bnei Eilim, from the mighty, from the sons of the mighty ones, and who are the mighty ones? That's Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and their sons are Klausel. Okay, so just to go through, analyze some of these points. So seemingly we all get it. Bill seems to be making a very compelling argument. Instead of getting one little bottle of oil, you get a river of oil. Instead of getting one ram, you'll get, you, you'll get herds of rams. So, okay. But what is it? He says, Avram offered you one son. I'll offer you a son and a daughter. I'll double it. That doesn't sound nearly as impressive. I don't know. Why? Okay, double it's okay. I'll, I'll, stay with, I'll stay with what I have. It's not so much. What's the big, what's the big uh, offer over here? The son and the daughter. Son and the daughter. Why is that such a... Was it a good thing though? Is it really, was it a ship or it wasn't though? Well, ultimately Hashem says no to all of this stuff. Right. So and Hashem says I want only from the Jewish people. But still, like, what's Bilaam's Havamina? When he's proposing this, he's saying like, I'm gonna like, whatever they said, I'm doing like a million times more, right? So... And then when it comes to son, it's like, I'll do a son and a daughter. How is that? Seven sons. I was a seven sons. Oh. So the concept is, we know the Gemara concludes halakha, like base Hillel, that a person has not fulfilled the mitzvah of Puravu until they've had a son and a daughter. Why? Because 
true uruvu means you need to be, you need to multiply, you need the power of multiplicity. Multiplicity is a zakhar and a keva. If you have a boy and a, and, a, and a girl, now the world can be populated. Just like Hashem initially made Adam and Chava, now the world could be populated. So you need to emulate Hashem, you need to also bring that power into the world. They're very likely not going to marry each other, but, but, uh, but you can do a swap with somebody else. You, you, you give him your daughter to his son, and you'll take his daughter for your son. That's not what you think. You can also do what? I can also do that. I can repopulate the world. Yeah. So to speak, with one daughter and also son. But, no, no, no. but you're not repopulating the world. You, you're you're just partnering up with someone else. Right. Well, then you're only, you're only contributing. Like, you're only contributing half of the necessary ingredients. The male DNA versus the female DNA. They're seeing it as if I have a son and a daughter. Then you're contributing everything. Other, but, you marry but then you're just doing a trade. You're just doing a trade. And for each of them, you contribute half of the half. And so you end up by, you end up contributing the entire thing. You're still taking part of the So, yeah. So, so the point is, there's the Koach What are all of Bilaam's claims over here? He's saying, they do this, I'll do a big number. I mean, by the, by the going, the point is, Lots and lots of them, and they're doing this much. I'll do lots and lots and lots of it. A son, I'll do lots and lots and lots of it. By giving a son and a daughter, I'm offering the koakaribu inside of a son and a daughter lies a billion people, and that's in the entire discussion over here. Is that Bilam is coming at it? If it's a matter of that Hashem needs something, so if I give him more, then it's even better. That's, that's, that's how, that's how Bilam HaRosha is coming at it. it, it but, but, but if the point is Hashem doesn't need anything, He wants for us to recognize that we are, are His servants, that everything that we have is His. So in that regard, you don't need to, you don't need to do a lot. It's not, it's not, about, it's not about the quantity. It's about it's about, are you recognizing the oneness of Hashem? Now, just to discuss the Avos HaKadoshim. Why did they build seven Mizbachos? Seven altars. Bilam built seven altars. They built seven altars. Sounds kind of strange. Sounds kind of similar. Bilam is building seven altars. That makes sense. Seven is a number of um, multiplicity in this world, right? There's seven, seven days of the week, like we said before. Uh, the, the four directions of the world, up, down, the central point, that's seven. So, Bill and we understand, he's doing as many as you can think of. But why are the Avos HaKadoshim building that? So, Avos HaKadoshim are doing also seven, but in a, in, but in a different way. They're doing seven, but not any one of them independently doing seven. They're doing seven, the three of them joined up together. Let's take it slow. First of all, there's a, there's a uh, there's an awesome Gemara, the Gemara Menachos says, someone who wears tzitzis on his garment, 
tefillin shel rosh and tefillin shel yad, and has a mezuzah on his house, is assured that he's not going to sin. What? Yeah. Where are you What? And where is your tefillin? So at that time, at that time, it was helping. Yep. So, <clears throat> so the so why 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 is that? Why is the person never going to sin? Because Gemara says, "Hut a triple braided cord will not tear quickly. The concept is, you know, here why people braid cords? Why don't you just have straight? Well, same fibers, but just straight. It, it, it strengthens it like a hundredfold. Yeah, because they go they, they, they go sideways as opposed to just straight. If it's just straight, you just snap them. But but because they're braided, you you're pulling. Uh, oh wait, I'm in the presence of a uh, PhD engineer over here. Is, you wanna you wanna do this homework assignment for next week? You'll explain to us. Yeah. I mean, on the top of my head, I'd say because they, you use a, like if you have a string and you just, uh, you have a certain length. So, like, uh, the longer something is, the more you can stretch it. It's a, any material can stretch only a certain fraction of its length. Okay. So, the more, like, when it's braided, it's actually more length. So, it can, uh, so it, it, it feels like it can stretch more. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, so we'll we'll, we'll we'll do a little bit more research on that. I thought there was a different explanation, but okay. So we'll, but either way, but nonetheless, it's true. The fact is true. So, so the so now listen to the Shemishmul. Shemishmul, Hashem, I learned in the Gemara. I said, I know what's going on over here. The four strings that corresponds to the four mizbachos that Hashem built. Uh, Avram built. Thank you, Avram. And Yitzchak built one mezbeach. That's the mezuzah. And Yaakov built two mezbachos. That's the tzvul shalosh, tzvul shalyad. And so it's a shemishmo. Unbelievable. Simcha. Yeah. So the the point is that uh, Avram Avinu is involved in fixing up this world. This world has four directions. He's being machnas orchim. He's feeding people. That's, 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 so that's why, corresponding to that, it's tzitzis. Tzitzis, the four directions of the world. You're going to be doing, Avram represents doing mitzvahs. Anywhere you see, anywhere you look, the, you're bumping into, you look this way, you're bumping into your tzitzis over here. You look that way, you're bumping into your other tzitzis over there. And they're always reminding you about doing all the mitzvahs. Now you ask, what if you're like Noah and you tuck your tzitzis in? You can rely that maybe there's there's like a spiritual awareness of the of the tzitzis, even though you can't see them. But the, the Gemara says that uh, the Gemara tells a story that a person was about to do an avera, and his tzitzis swung around and he smacked him in the face. The same tzitzis that had that magic power to do that. No tzitzis. What do you mean? They swing around. They they fling around. It's not magical. It's not magical. Have you ever have you ever been in a shul 
and the person in front of you was putting on his towels and you smacked you in the face? Almost on consistent basis for a week and a half. Not in the terrorist army? No, not in the terrorist Okay. So I slapped him back. So there you are. So that you, but they have to be out. In order to do such things, they have to be out. So one time, one time I literally, I, 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 I was putting on, I was putting on my, my towels, and I, and I, and I, and I saw, it hit me right in the eyes, and I was like, wow, that hurt a lot. I, I need to pay more attention to my tits. It's like, really, this is, I should telling you something. But anyway, be that as it may. Um, Seven altars divide. Seven altars. Yeah. How do we get from? I thought the Avos collectively did seven altars. So then, how do we drop Yitzchak and Yaakov into Mezuzah and Tefillin? But those are those are altars. Yeah. In other words. But they also did physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. They did that. But the point is, why? It's not a coincidence that Yitzchak built one altar. Because he represents a mezuzah. Mezuzah is, because I'll say, what's a mezuzah? It's like a guard standing at your door with a big, with a big spear, right? So Yitzhak is Midas Adin. So he's, uh, he's, he's connected to a mezuzah, to the concept of awareness of Hashem's being in charge. Yaakov is Kedusha, connecting in Shemaim Va'aretz. That's why he told, where's Tzilin Shal Yad and Tzilin Shal Rosh, connecting the big ideas down to the physical world out here. Avram Avinu represents fixing up the world, going around in all four directions of the world and doing mitzvahs. So that's why each one built the number of altars that he did. So it's not just a random, this one built four, this one built one, this one built two. But each one did a, a unique part of, of his divine service. And when you put them all together, that's the sum total of the divine service that there is to be done. But since it's a, there's, it's coming from a unity, meaning there's a seven, which is multiplicity, but it's a multiplicity through unity, through the unification of Aram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, the Chuta Mishulish, tying everything together, braided, it's all braided together, it's all unified, that is very awesome, very powerful. But seven that's not unified, there's like this, and there's like that, and there's like that, and wow, look at these people are worshipping this idol, and these are worshipping that idol, and these guys are into this, and these guys are, wow, it's so beautiful, I really appreciate what you're doing. Like, oh, that's a whole bunch of baloney, right? It's not unified. That is just bill. It's just multiplicity. The, the way that multiplicity can be sanctified to Hashem's name is through unity. So that's why, for example, the Sanhedrin, are 70 members of Sanhedrin, which you'd say, wait, 70, that's a, that's a negative number, that's like a number of the nations of the world. But there's the Av, there's the Av Beisden, the one that sits on top of all of them, that unifies them all, right? There's, uh, so that's the, uh, that's, that's why Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov were able to do seven, but in a unified way, which is still serving Hashem. That's the Hevel, uh, that, that unites everything, yeah, um, and of course that's why that's, that's very analogous to Hashem's essence and Hashem's expression. Hashem's essence, of course, is one. Hashem's expression is that He can do anything. It's a pshitus, which is multi, which is multi. It's not uh, 
people think it's either, you know, if you use one on this side, so you should be a one note wonder and only do one thing. Or the other way around. If he's doing many things, there must be many parts to him. And there's no. Hashem is one in essence, but does many things. And that's why the Avos HaKadoshim were unified and built seven Mizbachos. That gets us up to the Pasuk in Daniel.